in my prayer, I said the purpose of this meeting. In Christ with Tabernacle Church, the Lord told us that we should, you know, we should, is it, um, we should, um, uh, consecrate this last Sunday of the month. Two things God said to us. He said the first Sunday of the month is Apostle Sunday. And all branches of CFT Global should play the message God has given me to all churches. It's just like Paul writing letters to the seven church, uh, to all the Galatian churches and Jesus speaking to the seven churches in, in the book of uh, Revelation. That what God is saying to me as direction for the church should be heard by every member of every, every branch so that they can all move by the prophetic spin that God has given to us. The Lord said that every last Sunday we should gather ourselves together and just say thank you. For the first Sunday of the month, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. When God gives prophets, God gives prophets for a purpose. Second Chronicles 2020, it says, Believe in God and you will be established. Believe in his prophet and you will prosper. So, a believer that, uh, a group of believers that have no prophetic direction, they are just like somebody without a compass walking in the bush and looking for his destination. And when God gives prophet, they should be celebrated and they should be used because it's a gift of God to the body, not to the prophet. So the prophetic direction that God is leading CFT, he gives me. I stand in his council and I hear. And I tell you, and they come to pass. So the first Sunday of every month, every CFT Global should receive that instruction that will guide them in their month. However, every last Sunday of the month is a covenant Sunday too, where we should come together and give God thanks. Let me give you a summary and a brief of some of the things that happened this month. In this month, this is, a, this is January 19, uh, 2022, 2022, January, for the generations to come, if the Lord tarries. You know, this month, God has used this house tremendously, especially in shaping global affairs. God has used us so much in our own lives, praying the will of God to manifestation, but at the same time, shaping the destiny of nations. You know, for our lives, we have so many testimonies. I just said a testimony, what happened last March, when the Lord said on this pulpit, every woman or every one, man and woman, married, who are looking forward for the foot of the womb, that they should go and buy a cloth of the sex they want. Usually we know we buy blue for boys, pink for girls. Now among those who had us, who had God speaking that through me last Monday, in her naming ceremony yesterday, she said, herself and her husband have been married for 13 years, and they are in their 40s now, and they have not been able to have a child. They have received promises, stand on the word of God and things like that. She said she even bought clothes, and then, just before the prophetic came out, the Spirit of the Lord told her that you are bought close for 13 years. Give them away and sow them as seed. So she decided to pack all the suitcases and went to a charity shop and gave them to charity shop. All clothes. I want you to be blessed by the, by the testimony. So, she gave them out. Then she came to church and the Holy Spirit told me that go and buy clothes for the babies you want because by this time next year I will name those babies. She went that week and bought the clothes for the boy. And in April, she conceived. Immediately. You know, her case... I distinct her case because her case is a typical of what God does. When I spoke by the Spirit of God, 
it is possible that she just said, well, I've been there for 13 years. I've had it enough. She will have missed the destiny. You know, the church of God needs to know when there's a prophet in the land, the only thing, the only thing you need to do is just obey. <laughs> ah, when the donkey of Saul's father was lost, it took a prophet to tell them the purpose for which the donkey was lost. So that destiny can be fulfilled. Second Chronicles 20 says, Believe in God, you will prosper. Believe in his prophet. Believe in God, you will be established. Believe in his prophet, you will prosper. You know, when she was given her testimony, you know, somebody who had not given birth for 13 years, you know, manners of, you know, words they're hearing from people, especially in Nigeria, not just in Nigeria, a Yoruba man. That makes it worse. Because in Yoruba, when a woman is pregnant, if she did not conceive the day she was pregnant, there are some people who begin to ask questions. Which is a very bad culture. That's the bad part of that culture. And then they begin to make suggestions of things that they cannot do. And some will say, ah, we are praying for you in the church. Who told you to pray for them? What a hypocrite. If you are praying for somebody, you don't tell him you're praying for him. You do that, that's hypocrisy. That's the scriptures. If you are praying for somebody, if somebody tells me, Apostle, I'm praying for you, I will ask you, what did God tell you? If all the prayer you are praying, you have not had God, I will say, please, stop praying. Because your prayer doesn't have anything, any effect on me. <laughs> are you with me now? The people who pray for others, they will keep quiet. And when God gives them direction, they tell you and it will come to pass. When people are in situations and you are telling them all the time, you are praying for them just because you want to get some information, that does not exist. They went through it. What about suggestion from friends? Maybe if you try another woman, boy, you will get a baby from them. Not knowing that sometimes it is the man that has the problem, not the woman. They went through it. But you know something? The God we serve in this house answered them. Anyhow. I say that because you believe God for something, act upon your faith. We have had God directed us to pray over nations. Look at what is happening in Russia and Ukraine now. We prayed exactly what is happening. God told us to pray that Russia will hear a news. And at that time, you know, Europe shrugged their shoulder. America was still undecided. But the moment we began to pray for three days, the news came. And that news changed the discussion. It changed the utterance. It changed all the, all the uh, bragging and stuff like that. It doesn't happen just because somebody felt it should. No. It happened because God is faithful. He says, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and repent of their wickedness, then will I hear from heaven, I will heal their land. So, the prayers that God led us to pray has a lot of power. What about when this, our own country, United Kingdom, went into a rocky boat briefly? You know, I told you, you have to put on the goggle of the spirit to be able to see in the spiritual. Not what the press is saying. Most times the press will develop their own theory which are not true. And they will speak on behalf of people that this is what the people are saying. I, don't, I wonder, since they have been doing survey of comments in England, they have never contacted me. And when they say this is the view of the people, I wonder who are the people? Who are the people they are surveying, they are doing their survey from? I've never met anybody who said to me that they contacted him. So, we do not act by what press is saying. We look at the spirit. And we were able to track down and bend the bows of Satan and destroy his plans so that this country can continue in the pathway that God has given to them. I will tell you now, in the month of February, I'm going to be teaching you about satanic strategies in the last days. 
I want you to give me your attention, full attention. But this morning, I'm going to complete the lecture on this month. The glorious years of the saints. And I began to speak to you about that on Sunday. But this morning, I will not explain much because the scriptures I will read will explain itself. Do you get what I'm saying now? We are going on a journey into deep waters now. I want you to, if somebody is sleeping behind, beside you, wake him up. You don't come to the house of God to sleep. You come to the house of God to hear so that you may understand. I rebuke every slumbering spirit in the name of Jesus. This message that I want to play to you must be played on every television that we broadcast. It must be taken by the social media and be published to all mankind. I'm saying that because I know that you social media, you take action when I speak. A lot of tragedies have been happening to Christians. We should not be. Many Christians have suffered unnecessarily. We should not be. We understand the fact that our suffering and our demise, majority of them, most of the suffering of Christians and demise come from ignorance. Because the Bible says, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. The Bible says, do not be ignorant of the devices of the devil. And we'll talk about that from next month, which is February, by next Sunday. I will start to talk about that. Now, what I want to reveal to you here, if anybody can do it, it will be impossible for Satan to overcome. I repeat myself. If you are a living soul, and you hear me well, if you can do what I'm about to tell you, let devil and all the demons of a nation, let them decide to come and attack you and attack you you're in your house. You don't need to call anything. They will fail. They will just fail. You see, life is full of principles written by the one who created it. The one who created the heavens and the earth had principles to govern the earth, the ephemeris, to govern all men. But if you look at the book of Romans, put that on the board very quickly, chapter 8, verse 1. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, began by expressing to us What could be called a dictum or a fact upon which you can reference your lives? It says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Why? But, however, there are Christians who still live condemned. But the Bible says there's no condemnation. Look at it. It tells us in the next verse. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Thank you, Lord, I've heard you. Look, this scripture introduces us to two principal laws. That govern the whole creation on earth. It calls one the law of spirits, and it calls the other one the law of sin. The law of spirit gives life, the law of sin leads to death. God help me next month, we'll look at the law itself. When we look at the law, I will want those of you who are lawyers to put on the cap of your studies. I'm doing a book. I've been writing it on God's jurisprudence. That is how God reasons in his law. You know something about law is that the knowledge of the law helps you to keep it. And if you keep the law, you will not fall under the sword of the law. You, are, you agree with me? Come on now, people. If you don't know the law of money laundering and you have two accounts in the UK and suddenly you moved 
50,000 pounds from one account and to another bank. Alright? You are ignorant of the law of money laundering. The fact is that you have attracted investigation. Whether you know it or not, that's what has happened to you. Because, especially if you are not a person who moves such money, really what may happen to you is that the fraud department may just freeze that transaction. Because, number one, the money you are moving at a time looks huge. They look at your history. You are not somebody who is used to moving monies like that by arrangement with the banks before. We recognize, therefore, that they will now begin to try to justify that, number one, did you, are you the one who moved the money, number two? Why? What is, is it for? And you may be questioned about your money. But if you understand the law that governs banking transactions and, and, you know, money laundering, you will have phoned your bank officer that I'm doing these transactions and I want to pay this money for XYZ. You do that, no query. Many troubles that you get, Christians get themselves into, is because of one, either ignorance of the laws of God or deliberate breaking of the laws of God or influential breaking of the law. That's either somebody influence you or I to contravene that law and in trying to please the person, we displease our God and then the consequence will come and we suffer the pain. Or maybe we deliberately decide that is my way and that's how I want to go my life and that's it. And then you do it and then soon to find out that who are you or what is your brain in the expanse of the brain of the maker of heaven and earth. Who made the law for your sake? Now, I know that I have opened up something that is so vast, but don't worry. I will make sure that I constrict it. That scripture says there are two laws that govern. Law of the spirit, you always have life. Law of sin will always lead to death. And you know when the Bible says death, it does not mean physical death only. Because it says in Romans 3, 25 that all men, all men, are, all have sinned, uh, 23, 3, 23, all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, you know, then he went to 6, 23, the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life. But you understand the fact that the death he's talking about is spiritual death. But at the same time, it's synonymous to physical death. And that, that, that from in, in, in the reward of the Spirit, of the, of the Lord of the Spirit, which is life, is all fulfillment of God's goodness. In the law of, of, of uh, sin, which leads to death, is, is the fulfillment of all the consequences of breaking the laws of God. Let me tell you, some young men, young women, at your very young age, suddenly you fall in love with a useless person. A useless person in the sense that not filled with the Holy Spirit deceived you with all manners of deception. You knew it. You smelt it. You sensed it because you have the Spirit of God. But you decide to ignore that which you are sensing. And you decide to overlook it and say that, well, it will work well. Well, it will work well. Go and ask people who have gone ahead of you. It never worked well. It never worked well. Oh, no, 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 we can't stop it because I've, I've put so much into this relationship. That has always been the norm. They jump into it only to recognize some of them, the first week in the marriage, they know that they are in a mess. Some of them in few months. Some of them in few years. What happened to you? You had the weakness in your spirit. You had the word of God that guide you. You refused to follow the norm. Oh, I met her in church. I met him in church. And so, what devil come to church and sit down? You have been given the template. You didn't spend time for yourself to seek the face of God, to understand and know whoever seeks the face of God will hear God. If you are seeking God's face and you didn't see him, because you are seeking God's face, God will use the gifts to reveal to you that you have been praying about this, but this is what God is telling you. This is how God works. You are a child of God, you overlook all that, 
The consequence is very grave. And some of us will live with those consequences till death as a cross. It becomes a cross. Some of us will live with the consequence and after a while, we will, it will finish and then we'll go. However the case may be, this is the bedrock. There is a law that governs the spiritual. There is a law that governs the physical. The law of God. The, the God, God made these two laws. And these are the two laws that are that set of the governance of this world. Whether you look at it into science or you look at it into law or into humanity, into academics, education or mathematics and stuff, you will discover that all these laws of physics and science and, and chemistry, they are all enshrined within the laws that God has given. Either it falls under the law of the spirit or it falls under the law of sin. It will either give you life or give you death. Now, I would introduce a little bit about these things I'm talking about. What law am I talking today? I'm talking about the laws of spirit for you. A Christian, when you are born again, you are supposed to grow spiritually. Are we together now? So if a Christian did not grow spiritually, it's just like a child that is born and, you know, uh, you know the child never grew. Year after year, the child doesn't have teeth. The child cannot crawl. The child cannot walk. So are Christians who do not grow. But you understand the fact that as it is that a child needs physical food and balanced diets to be able to grow healthy, so also everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, they need to be in a place where they are taught the real word of God. The real word of God. Not the word of God that just makes you feel tipsy. At the end of the day is vain glory. It is the word of God that can challenge your norm, that can challenge your, your thought, challenge your spirit. And then bring you to the place where God ordains for you. That is, that is the kind of the word of God that you share. Let me say something to you therefore. I told you three conditions that you are given this year. Isn't it? These three conditions, we started talking about it. The first thing is the love for God. The second thing is that you must seek the face of God. And the third is to guard your heart. Now, get ready to write. The love of God. The love for God. That is, God loves us. How do we respond to His love? Deuteronomy 6, 1 to 5. I won't read that true, but it says that, Hear, O Israel, verse 3, Be careful to obey all that is, uh, so, the, obey so that you, it may go well with you. And it went for that to say, in verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord is, the, the, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now understand that. Love the Lord your God. Your heart, your soul, your strength. And of course, Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That is your intellect, your thinking. Now, excuse me. Understand this. Maybe I will talk about it later on too. We are diving into the two laws that God established. The law of spirits and the law of sin. The law that governs all goodness and the law that is responsible for all depravity. But today I'm helping us to just look into the law of spirits. Because if you're a Christian, you know, you must be in control of what happens to you or what happens around you. Completely. You cannot struggle concerning what God has freely given. If you do, you have to understand the reason why that can happen. There is a breach of law somewhere. There is no, there is no remedy for, for, you know, uh, 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 there is, a remedy is not necessary unless there is a contravention. That's what I'm just intending to say. I will together now. But what we are diving into is that if God says it, what is the condition of God for it? And then we do it. And that's it. So, love the Lord your God. So now, who is he that loves the Lord? If you ask from every Christian, they will say, I love the Lord. John 14, 21 says, Whoever has my commands and obeys them 
He is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Now understand something. It is good for, it is very easy for anyone to assume that he loves God. <laughs> Isn't it? Like somebody who just believed that he was a doctor in Miami, Florida, and he set, set up a surgery and people were coming to him, and he was just operating them. And he was, we found, they found out about the man that he was, he was only working with doctors for some time. <laughs> and he had presented himself as a medical doctor. <laughs> but when people will come that you should open them up, then you will know whether he's a doctor or not a doctor. Somebody who has been practicing halal meat, halal meat, he can dissect, uh, you know, cow and separate them in their, in their different parts and, and sell them. And then he went to open his surgery and says that, I am a surgeon. He will soon recognize that when you kill the halal meat, you don't put life back into it. But when you caught a human being, you have to bring his life back. I would gather. And this is, this is similar to, to believers. Living on assumption. Who is the one who loves God? Let's see it again. Whoever loves my command, has my command, and obeys them. Did you see that? The Lord of the Spirit. He is the one who loves me. Not the one who sits at the pew of the churches. However, if someone claims that I love him, then what is the omen or what is the function? What will be the sign? He who loves me will be loved by my father. That's the first thing. The father will love you. <laughs> so if the father loves you, what happens to you? I too will love him, Jesus said, and show myself to him. That's the revelation of Christ. So you cannot claim you love God if you don't have the true revelation of the Son of God. Look at the next chapter. 14 of John, verse 23. Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. So we looked at this on Friday. The first thing is command. The second thing is teaching. Command is different from teaching. I always love to read the book of Colossians. <laughs> the book of Colossians 2.13 uh, to 15. Let's read very, very quickly. Colossians 2. He says, When you were dead in your transgressions and in uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. And the next verse says, Haven't canceled the written code. Now he's talking about law. Codification of law. He's talking about law here. Haven't canceled the written code with its regulations. That is law. That was against us and stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it on the cross. Haven't, let, me, let me read the King James Version of that scripture. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. That is law. The word ordinance. I think when we get here and I want to look at the laws of, of, of when we look at the laws of, um, of, um, of sin and death, I will be able to go deep into this. I will look at that with the law of England, the law of America, the law of Europe, so that we can understand, you know, I'll bring it down to, to elementary. So that we can understand that all these things emanate from the scriptures. There are ordinances. There are decrees. There are regulations. Command and teaching. They are different. There is the letter of the law. That is the spirit of the law. You cannot understand the spirit of the law... Without being taught what the letter of the law is. Command is written. But you cannot understand what the command is saying unless somebody teaches you what the command is saying. And this is what we got from Jesus Christ. It is teaching. That's what we got from Jesus. 
That's a command. That's a teaching. So when you go to church on Sunday, what are you coming to do? It's to be taught. It's to be taught. Because the command, the command, the command is so cumbersome. You only need to go to court. Some of you need to just walk to magistrate court because you're a citizen. You have the right to do that. And just sit down at the gallery and listen to how they argue the cases. You will be amazed that a little thing that you thought is just little, how judges will now begin to, lawyers will begin to speak, and you wonder, but this is not as complicated as these lawyers are saying, but that is the truth. That is the real thing. The command is just so simple. But when it comes to the application, to be able to justify or to establish contravention, when they begin to analyze, you wonder, but this thing does not look so much like this. So is the spiritual. You need somebody to educate you. That's the reason why you may have PhD in every course in the world. That doesn't mean that you know the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's just like somebody who is, an, who is a graduate in one course and is an expert in one course and he says that, let me take the books of law and just read them. You can read them. It doesn't make you a lawyer. So it is in every course. Somebody who is in that field must teach you. So that's why you come to church. So that the people who have gone ahead by the Spirit of God can now teach you from the teachings of Jesus. So Jesus said, go back to my uh, 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 John 14. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, verse 23, he will obey my teaching. Obey my teaching. So how can you obey the teachings unless you are taught? He says, he's the one who loves me. He will obey my teaching. My father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Let's look at very quickly at the third one because I don't want to be, to, to, to be held on this, this. Okay, Lord. Now, John 15, 9. It says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, is that not wonderful? Yes. How many of you are born again here? Wave your hands to me. Amen. <laughs> so, the Father loves you. That's why you are saved. The Father loves you. If you look at the first two that I gave you, it's talking about you. But it's this last one is talking about God. It's talking about God. The first one, the second one, Jesus is talking about you to love me. Who? He's the one who loves me. And what is the benefit of loving me? What would be the privilege attached to loving me? And in this one, he's talking about the Father now loving you. And he says, eh, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now for you, remain in my love. Some people don't understand this love. I heard many preachings about love in the church. But those preachings came from envy. It came from ignorance. Because people express the love that God is talking about. They express it to the love to somebody. They express, they express it to charity to somebody. No, that's not it. That's not it. Those are things that will happen to a man who truly loves God. They are functions of love. But they are not love. If you look at the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 13, it expresses more. Tells you about the functioning of love. It didn't define love. It only tells you where there is love, you find this, you find that, you find all that. So therefore, God, Jesus said here, as the Father loves you, he loves me. So, come on now. Now remain in my love. That's your response. If you obey my command, you will remain in my love. Hallelujah. You will remain in my love if you obey me. So there is no such a thing that I love God, I don't obey Him. Every one of you obey the, the law of the country that you dwell. Isn't it? Come on now, church, talk to me. Don't worry with your nose. Your nose will soon be free. You have been set free already. We will follow suit. I said something. All of you obey the law of the country you live. Correct? If I ask you why, 
You have many answers to me, isn't it? He will give me many answers. If I say, why do you obey the law? Some of you obey the law because you are putting too much into your life than to become a criminal in England. Once you have a criminal offense in your record, forget destiny here. Okay? Maybe the criminal offense was miscarriage of justice because you didn't have enough capacity to defend yourself as at the time, and that could ruin your life. Until somebody who is a good advocate can just come up from somewhere and pick up your case. But thank God for our country. It may be 15 years, like the 25 years one that is on the air this week. Or 50 year one that is on the air this week. The bloody Sunday. Now, so, you and I will obey the law of this country because of the consequence of the law. And it does not respect anybody. You know that? It doesn't respect anybody. Now, if we, human, abstain from breaking the laws of men because of the knowledge of the consequence, how dare us Christians break the laws of God that the consequence is not, is not revocable or expiatable. You cannot expiate for it. God can forgive sin, but he punishes every sin. You read that just two weeks ago. Exodus, isn't it? Some of us have the scar of the consequence of our mischief today before ahead. Some of us have a scar that is, means that it happened, you received the consequence, and you have been healed. But the scar is still there. It's like somebody who was condemned as a criminal in England. You know, whatever they say about you, you become, that's care. It's always, when you apply to somebody somewhere for a job, and they check, they check, they, they say that you are a criminal, they will just say to you that you are so good, you are so good, you, you are extremely good. But, you know, the most qualified for what you want, but, 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 that but is his car. Are you with me now? Of course, let me say this to you, therefore. Sorry for those of you who are up there as to come up, yes. I got sunk into all this stuff. I wanted to know everything. It seems as if everything that I receive in my spirit, God should cut my spirit and take them and put it to everybody. So that scripture says, your response to the love of God is very paramount. Remain in my love. If you do remain in my love, you will obey, you will obey what I command. Just as I obeyed my father's command and remain in his love, the son has to be compelled to obey the father. Jesus. So therefore, you and I have no option. Okay, let me quickly give you the second one. Seek the Lord. I'm now mindful of my time. John 23. John 4, 24, 23. Seeking God. Let me help you know seeking God. Because some people, some Christians say, I pray, 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 pray. See, God didn't answer me. How can God answer you? You didn't answer God too. You didn't answer God too. When you are praying, you are having malice against people. Instead of you to mind your own business and your life, you are judging other people. When you have your own problem that you not solve, and you are pointing finger to other people, what's your business about people? You want to seek God. Face your life and God and find Him. You say you are seeking God, but then you are accusing other people for what they did not do. You know, this is very common in Christendom, that people will just accuse other people for nothing. Do you know the person in charge of it? Lucifer. When I talk about the satanic strategies in last days, in the month of February, we go through this. I will make sure, if it's going to cost me three months, I'm going to just blow. I will pieces the devil for you. And I can do it. When I talk of Satan, I'm not talking about illusion. Similarly, when I talk about God, I'm not talking about what I just was told. But that who appeared unto me, the one who have appeared unto me over years, several times, you are witnesses. John 4.23, he says, yet a time is coming, this is Jesus, and has now come. When the true worshippers, 
Why did Jesus qualify the word worshippers with true? That's a qualification of word. Because there is counterfeit worshippers. That's why. He will not, he has no need to have distinct worshippers or distinguish the word worshippers by the qualification of truth. He does not have. If you didn't hear the true the 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 the, uh, the uh, 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 true Son of God or the true Holy Spirit. No, no, no. Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit. Son of God is Son of God. The Father is the Father. Can you understand? He says to this woman who profess to know God, the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Take those two: spirit, truth, spirit, truth, spirit. Truth. Spirit. Truth. All laws that govern the spirit are enshrined in those two words. Yes. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father will seek. So there are worshippers that God do not seek. You may be singing and worshipping God and God is not there. You may be spending hours praying and fasting and God is not there. Even let me say this to you. You may have dreams. Don't you understand that people who are not in, in who are not Christian, some of you before you became Christian, you were having dreams, isn't it? <clears throat> Am I correct? Yes, you had dream and those things you dreamt came to pass. Those are God's gifts. It doesn't make you spiritual. What makes you spiritual is obedience to the Word of God. Not you have revelation, you have this vision, you have this. Forget it. Because those things God God gives you to those who are non-Christians. Really, let me say something to you. Recently, I, was be- I began to inquire. You know, I, I would see on television this, um, uh, you, know, you know, Hollywood star died 90-something. That one died 90, almost 100. That one died at this age. And Christians are dying young. And I began to ask God, why? Why? But you have this, this covenant of longevity with us who believe. And God gave me. I will give you the scriptures about longevity. That's where we're going to end this message. You know, some people believe that demons are the ones who kill Christians. They, they don't understand. No demon can kill a Christian. Oh, somebody shot me out when I died. Forget it. I really didn't kill you. If you're a Christian, it's your God who called your spirit home. But however... Can we die at the wrong time, before our time? Yes, many of us have done that. I will show you. So this scripture says, you worship the Father in spirit and truth. Now, what is the spirit? What is spirit? Let's go further. Um, Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. It says, so I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of sinful nature. I'm not going to read the rest of it. Because if you read Galatians that chapter 5, read from verse 1 to 24. But we don't have time now. I think mommy dealt with that some few weeks ago in New Cross. But this is a summary of it. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Which means that the scripture is so clear. Anyone that wants to continuously live by the Spirit must be somebody who applies the Spirit to every aspect of life so that he will not gravitate towards what his flesh is saying. You know, I hate him. That's your flesh. That's your flesh. I must revenge. That's your flesh. I have right to be angry. That's your flesh. You see somebody you should respect, you watch them down. You talk to them anyhow. That is your flesh. You thought you are something. You are not more than what you are. Your size, that's what you are. Why do Christians behave like that? Because they do not have the word of the Spirit in their hearts. That's the only reason. Adultery, fornication, all those stuff come because the person is not grounded in the living word. And many go to churches today just to come and say prayer, say amen. They go home. They come empty. They go empty. They love it. Crowd follow them. Because the pastor will continue to preach about things that appeal to your flesh. 
that somebody can be shouting, preach on, yes, yay. But they never reach that goal. They never reach that goal. Come on, let me tell you something. The word of God is a rigid law. It is not subject to counsel of reference or judges or the parliaments. It has been settled by God himself. And all his sentences go with it. They are enshrined in the word that he has spoken. So that there is no mercy or reconsideration for any contravention. Look at it. It says, live by the spirit and you will not gravitate to the sinful nature. Then look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 17. It says, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. Did you see that? They are in conflict. What your flesh wants is in conflict with what the spirit of God wants. They are always in conflict with each other. So that you do not do what you want. My Lord. Come on now. Let me be a sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Let me be a sacrifice. Consume in your let me be a sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Let me be a sacrifice, worshiping Let me tell you something. There are Christians who are praying that God put Christians in high places. They are there. They are there. Born again and spirit filled. Born again and spirit filled. They take their stand in the high places. Rather than you pray for Christians to be in high places, you pray for yourself to walk in the truth. You will get there. You will get there. I have a friend in England. He was on television and he made everybody know that he's born again. Not just that. He speaks it. Hmm? He does not shy away from it. And he is in the highest authority in the United Kingdom. You know, prime ministers, there are people who determine about who is going to be there. He is one of those guys. Feel with the Holy Ghost. Some of you will know him. Listen to me. Sinful nature, contrary to the spirit. Spiritual nature, contrary to the sinful. They are in conflict in you every day. Fighting to take control of you. Where you gravitate to determine what you get at that time. Permit me today. I will stop my message at quarter two. This is our thanksgiving. And this is giving you direction for the months to come, beginning from a few days' time. Galatians chapter 5, verse 18 went for that. Well, you read that. Galatians 18, 5, 18 to 26. Okay, put it there. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. Yeah. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Led by the Spirit is not speaking in tongues. Is the life you live. <laughs> and then he went for that to say, the acts of sinful nature are obvious. I am very, very happy to hear the word acts. I will come back to this scripture and explain to you, because the word acts and sinful nature can help us understand the codification of the law of sin and death. Yeah? <laughs> it seemed to me that God's law is after American system. They are codified laws. 
is different from our own common law. A little part of it, but it's after American system. It's codified. Look at what the scripture says. The manifestations, the actions, attitude of the sinful nature is very clear. One, sexual immorality. Two, impurity. The bunkery. The next one, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, self amb- selfish ambition, dissensions. I love that. So many. That is a, a, a very big volume, you know, in that subtopic. Factions. Envy, drunkenness, urges, and like. Thank God for God. Because if he did not put and like, some people will say that taking drugs is not part of it. Smoking is not part of it. But he told you and like. <laughs> as long as it's your flesh that is calling for it, it's your flesh calling for it, and like. You know? I warn you as I did before. Shall we look at this? That those who live like this will what? Come on, church. Let's read again. Let's read together. I warn you. Shall we read it? I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this... So... Those people who are preaching the doctrine of grace now, you see that Satan sent them to mislead believers. I have my body, I can dress anyhow. It is my life, I can do what I like. That is Lucifer's spirit. It happened in the book of Isaiah 14. That is the beginning of sin. I have my time, I can live the way I like. <laughs> That's a lie. You can live the way you like. Everything that you have is a gift from God. Everything that you are is a gift from God. And you cannot do it any way that you like, but the way God wants it. If you derail from it, there is a consequence that has no remedy. We have suffered enough in Christendom. Come on, let's come to a wholesome reason. And like, tell, he says, It's interesting the Bible says that they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Some say, I'm born again, I will enter. No, no, not all born again end up here in heaven. No, this serious, serious. I can pray in tongues, I will enter heaven. Forget it, forget it. When I talk about the strategy of sin and last days, you will be amazed, amazed about Lucifer. Look, let me say this. I don't know what percentage because there is no statistician that can tell this. Of those who go to church today that are going to hell. But I know there are many. That they go to church every day. They sit on the pew. Even some of them sleep in church in altar. Go away to mountain and can empty bellies to no avail. And God is not interested in it. Because they are not interested in God. Jesus says, not all who call me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of my Father. But those who do the will of my Father. He says, some will come to me and say, I heal the sick in your name. I cast that devil in your name. I think deliverance minister should be the first one in heaven. But it's not so. Healing evangelists, listen to me. You can end up in hell. Only those who do the will, 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 the will. Those who can... Crucify their body. And tell their body, you cannot do this because God said. No, those who just do whatever they like. Look at what it says here. Go back to my scriptures. Thank you. I warn you as I did before, that those who partake in these things cannot enter or inherit the kingdom of God. Now look at the next verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Look, look. That fruit, I always question it, is singular fruit. Yes? I thought when you have many things coming, then what produced them should be plural. But you know why it's not? Because the Spirit does not have two fruits, but one. 
But that one fruit will manifest love, it will manifest joy, it will manifest peace, it will manifest patience, it will manifest kindness, it will manifest goodness, faithfulness. Go for that. Gentleness and self-control. One fruit. One fruit. Get it. And that settles it. Look at what he says here. Against such. Come on now. We'll talk about that later. Whenever the Bible talks about law, it provokes my spirit. Because, you know, I'm writing on God's jurisprudence. My prophet said that he wants to forward it. But whenever I read law in the Bible, I quickly write that down to go and check which aspect of human law does this fix in. <laughs> but look at what the Bible says. He's been talking about fruit and then he talks about law. The law of spirit gives life. All right. I'm almost finished. Let's look at two verses on that. Form 5. 24, 25. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified their sinful nature with its passions and desire. Come on, let's all do that. Let's all do that. For our own sake, not for God's sake. The blood that saved you and I caused the death of God. Understand? Let's understand that and refrain from sinful life. I would get that now. The sinful nature, those who live, belong to Christ Jesus, have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. The next verse says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep what? Instead, with this spirit. That is where I want to stop that scripture. Let us keep in step. Everything you are doing is in line with the word of God. You leave this meeting today, check your life completely. There are some of you, some friends you need to cut them off. Let me tell you. Because they gave back to you and somebody from the same womb does not mean that you should be close till you're dead. Anybody who will cause you sin, cut them off. To be born in the same family is just a vehicle to come to this world. That's the reason why the father cannot hinder the child from going to heaven. Neither can the mother or the child, his parents. Or brother to sister. Sister to brother. Come on, you are two different individuals. Who are the brothers of Jesus? He said those who listen to the word of God. Oh, family, family. Which family? You won't find family in heaven, my friend. You won't find family. A family that will take you to hell. Tell the person to their face that I'm shutting down my family tie with you because anytime I call you, you're always producing hell. I don't want to go to hell. You know, some people will phone you and they begin to talk, 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 talk. Shut them. Tell them to call me anymore. Block them and tell them I have blocked you from my telephone. Whatsoever is lovely. If anybody will work with you, it must be somebody who helps your spirit to grow. Not somebody who begins to tell you things that will defy your spirit. Don't honor them at all. Don't honor. If my own father, my mother, alive, if they call me and all what they are saying is defy myself, I will tell them that if you call me again and say things like that, I am blocking you until death. Jesus said, if your right hand will make you sing, cut it off. Lord, I don't have enough time. All right. Now, let me just conclude and give you two scriptures. I will explain them next week. Because I said I'm going to give you the keys to longevity. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 10. Write that down. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Can you see that? Do not be wise in your own eyes. 
fear the Lord and shun evil. Did you see the scriptures? These are golden scriptures that will change your life forever. There are several things that the Bible says there. Trust the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Shun evil. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of your crops. Now let me tell you the reward of these. It says in verse 10, Then your barn, barns will be filled with overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Your career is talking about. Your business is talking about. We pray blessing upon our business, but let me tell you, this is really what the blessing we write upon to happen. The prayer we write upon to happen. If you pray something, if it does not, the prayer will come and rest upon whoever you are speaking. If it does not meet the condition there, that prayer cannot happen. You, you speak healing to a sick person. If the person does not believe, no healing happens. The healing is over in the atmosphere. Anybody who believes, you get it. I prophesy to your life, prophesy to the church, speak and stuff like that. It doesn't happen to everybody. It has to meet the requirement in you for it to happen. If you are prophesied upon that you'll be prosperous and you're a lazy person. The Bible says a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of arms, poverty will jump upon you like a rubber. I told you something, all this black life matter, black life matter stuff. If black life matter, I told all of you and I say it again and I say it again till I die. If black matter, life matter, it is you and I who will make it matter. It is what we put into it that will make you matter. All the protests, protests, protests. Okay, no problem. Those who want to protest, you go and protest. No, I want to get there and make the change. I want to be the change I want to see. This is how black life can matter. Can you imagine if we're in the police force in, in, in anywhere they said that the black, blacks are not there and we are the authority and many of us are there. Who rules? Who, in, who, who dictates? If you're in the parliament and everything, who, who changes the law? Who makes the law? It is us who we have to make it matter. And not just blacks. Every downtrodden human being. And now the last scripture. Which is. The medicine for longevity and good health. Because if you look at this scripture that I read to you. It says. Your bonds will fill with overflowing. And, and your vat bring with new wine. Look at Psalm 34, verse 11. It says, Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever loves lives, life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Why? Verse 15. <coughs> the eyes of the Lord. <coughs> the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. I want to also underline that word righteous there. It's a qualified word explained by the pre-statement. So that you don't think it's somebody who is uh, some, some angel from heaven. The eyes of the Lord is on the righteous. And his ears are attentive to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So there are many Christians that God is the one whose face is against them. And they are binding the devil. Are you to me now? Because their ways are evil. Anybody who works in the ways of evil, God will oppose. God will oppose. It does not matter whether you are a bishop, you are a pope, you are an apostle or prophet or member, whatever you call yourself. You walk in the ways of evil. Watch me. It's opposition from God. And there are many Christians that God is opposing them. But you see, they are binding the devil. They are casting, you know, commanding fire, commanding. Say that God be laughing at you. He will say, when you finish, you will you, you meet us here. Check your ways of life, therefore, and change from evil. That's it. 
There is no reward in evil than bad reward. Next Sunday, when I come to your miss, in looking at the, strateg- the, 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 the strategies of, or satanic strategies in the last days, we will go a, a little bit deeper into explaining these last two scriptures that I showed you today. And we will go into the scriptures on the fear of God. Where I will show you the benefits, just on the fear of God, the benefits that come to a person when you walk in the fear of God. That is where we are going to stop this. Understand this, we are entering to the month of February and this is the month of our convention. So the journey of our convention will begin next Sunday. And you know, this church will be 20 uh, 32 years old. 32 years old, isn't it? Yes. So we'll be 32 years old. Now, don't worry if you are younger than 32. It means that you were in the womb of Christ with Tabernacle when uh, it was born. <laughs> All of you who are younger than Christ with Tabernacle, I'm going to bounce on you. Because you are the one that I want to hand over baton to. You understand? Because you were conceived. In the time. And those of you who were young at the time Christ Tabernacle was born, you are going to be their big brothers and big sisters. <laughs> we are going to see a lot happening in the month of February. In the tragedy that is coming to the earth in February, you will be spared. The hand of God will move upon the waters. The prince of hell has gone very mad. Planning destruction, disruption, and alienation. But the saints of the Most High will receive in their spirit. As the Lord said to us yesterday, He that had mourned will mourn no more. And He says to us, Those who have been crying tears of sorrow, we cry no more. It says, restrain your voice from weeping and your ears from tears for your work will be rewarded. In the midst of the storms, remember you have received the wing of eagle. You will glide into the storm and out of it. It will carry you to destiny. Shall we rise up together, please? I want us to lift up our voice to God. First of all,